Welcome to the Pokes Cast, Ryan Thorburn, Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune, joined by Casper Star Tribune sports editor Jack Nowlin. Jack, we're going to talk about the state of Wyoming's offense and their football team right now. Um, it's really disappointing, 17-0 loss to Fresno State. Not that they lost, but just the way they lost, getting shut out for the first time in 11 years. And really three consecutive games where Sean Chambers did not play well, actually played um, really poorly. He's really been turning the ball over lately and, you know, a low completion percentage, a bit skittish, really, in the pocket. Um, I was surprised a little bit that Bold just didn't come out on Monday and say, we're going to try Levi Williams this week. Um, You know, he's a guy who's been in the program who flashed. At the Arizona Bowl, obviously played injured last year, and that didn't go well either. But uh, just what's your thought on the state of the quarterback situation and Wyoming's offense? Well, I I, I think you're right. I I think if Levi Williams would have come into that game and, you know, made some plays, um, been able to move the team down the field and maybe get them on on the scoreboard, if not come up with a win, I think, you know, Bull might have come out on Monday and said, you know, we're going with Levi against New Mexico on Saturday. But Levi didn't look great either. I mean, he had the one long pass to uh, Isaiah Nayor that, you know, it looked like it could have been ruled a completion. If, if it was, you know, ruled a completion, maybe that turns things around a little bit and, you know, Isaiah or Levi feels a little more comfortable back there in the pocket and, you know, could have won the job going into this weekend. But, you know, he didn't look great. Like you said, Sean uh, Chambers has not looked good for three games. Um, you know, you, you look back to that Ball State game and, you know, was was that an outlier for what this offense can do? I mean, they put up a lot of points. They moved the ball. Um, they look good running, passing, you know, they, they were clicking on all cylinders. And since then, they just, they've looked out of sorts. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the stats are what they are. Levi goes one for seven with an interception. So it's hard to say, oh, okay, Levi came in. He's the answer now. Let's throw Levi in there. But in fairness, that's a pretty tough situation. The game's basically over. Fresno State knows he's the backup and he's going to be passing on every down. I, I thought that in looking live at it, I, I just assumed that was a catch by Nayor. It looked like he got underneath it. You know, that would have been a, a long gain, and all of a sudden they're on the move. I think it was still too little too late, but they could have, you know, scored, maybe got the ball back, maybe made things a little interesting. But um, And then the, he did get him in the red zone for the first time all game at the end there and, and bounces one off of Aiden Eberhardt, who looked like he wasn't really ready for someone to hit him in the, in the chest with a hard-thrown ball. So... <laughs> Um, that's where the interception came in. So I get that. I just think you have a, a pretty big sample size with Sean Chambers and, um, you know, it's time to start winning and to get some momentum. And, and I know that we can talk about their opponent coming up. I think whichever quarterback they do choose uh, has a chance to get some momentum going this week, uh, or at least the team as a whole does, but um, they are going to open it up again throughout this week of practice, 50-50 on the first team reps between Chambers and Levi. And then uh, Bull basically said they're not going to announce it until, uh, you know, 
kickoff. So yeah, uh, I don't know if any branding iron students are going to uh, get on top of Whitehall or whatever with binoculars and <laughs> watch practice, but uh, like the Oklahoma student newspaper, I don't think that'll matter because that was obviously a situation where they were changing quarterbacks. And this is more of a, if they're really going 50, 50 on reps, you probably couldn't deduce who's going to be the starter unless you chart the completions and, and how things are going. But um, it's interesting because, you know, this is my first year back on the beat. You know, I kind of followed Wyoming from a distance. Um, but this is three years in a row. These two guys have been competing. You would think, you know, if there's not a lot of separation at this point, it, it's, it's, it's really more um, the offense as a whole. What are you going to do to, to help one of these guys manage the game better? Um, because, you know, clearly, uh, like I said, in, in kind of the recap of the situation, Josh Allen isn't walking back through the door. You got to figure it out with one of these guys. Exactly. And, you know, in fairness, um, <clears throat> they need to get help from that offensive line. You know, Bull stated coming into the season, and I think we all believe that the strength of this offense was the offensive line, you know, as well as Xavier uh, Valade. Um, you know, you've got five starters returning with a lot of experience. They played together for, you know, I don't know how many starts together. And they just, as the whole, they haven't looked great. You know, they Chambers has, you know, been under pressure a lot of times. They haven't really uh, been able to establish the line of scrimmage. And to me, um, you know, just as a fan, that would be disappointing that these guys haven't given, you know, Sean Chambers or Levi Williams the time that they need back there. And they haven't really opened up big holes for the, you know, for the running backs. Yeah, I remember, um, was it before the Ball State game when, or no, it was after the Montana State game where Bull challenged the offensive line. And then, you know, at Northern Illinois and, and Ball State, they did step it up a little bit. I wonder, you know, you'd think they'd be highly motivated. There's a lot of super seniors and veteran players up there, but uh, this has got to be the week where, where they're, they're being challenged as well. Uh, you know, they're playing New Mexico, who plays uh, a very chaotic, complicated defense where somebody is blitzing and someone different on every play. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to mess with you mentally and, and shut down gaps. So that it's really a challenge for them. You wonder if they'll uh, rise up to that, maybe uh, get the running game going against New Mexico. Um, speaking of the, just the way this offense has been sputtering for years now and you know, look from afar when I was, you know, what's going on at Wyoming, it seemed to me that Brent Vegan was the guy that was the scapegoat getting a lot of criticism for the, the struggles post Josh Allen at quarterback. And, you know, you just assume, yeah, it's, he's the offensive coordinator. He's dialing this stuff up for these guys. They're not completing 50% of their passes. You know, he's probably the issue, but it seems to me now, like this is a, a Craig Bull situation where, He's over, you know, he's stepping, you know, on, he's not letting the offensive coordinator do anything creative. It's more like we're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense and, and we're going to control the game that way. And the reason I say that is because if you look at Brent Vegan, they haven't lost since they left Laramie 
And I looked up just to see what their offense is like. Their quarterback, Matt McKay, you know, who played well against Wyoming's defense, he's completing 67.3% of his passes with 12 touchdowns and one interception this year. So Vegan's offense or whoever he has running it from Montana State, it's totally different. It's more balanced. It's more quarterback friendly. And, you know, I don't know if Tim Polasek is just on the same page with Bull or if maybe Bull is, is not letting him do uh, open it up. Now, in fairness, you know, they've got two drives the last two games ruined by getting a little creative and a little wonky, the naked bootleg at Air Force where Chambers was slammed down for a four-yard loss, really ruined that drive, which was the key drive of the game. And then last week, you remember that slow developing reverse to Isaiah? I mean, what was that? So you wonder <laughs> if, if Bull's like, hey, just run the ball. What are you doing? And uh, I don't know. There's somehow Tim and either Sean or Levi and Bull need to get on the same page with this offense. Exactly. And I think, you know, Bull came out after the game and said that he was going to talk with, with Polisek. And, you know, kind of figure, try to figure things out. So I don't know if he's going to get more input from, you know, from Polisek, the first year offensive coordinator, or if he's going to, you know, kind of step in and say, hey, this is my team. This is what we're going to do. I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, when you look at the two quarterbacks, you look at Craig Bowl, you look at Tim Polisek, and, they do. They they need to get on the same page if this team is going to be successful. I mean, it's got to start up front, but then it's you know all the all the pieces need to be working together for this team to have success. Obviously, it's not going to be you know one group that's going to get them out of it. Um, and you know, right now it's it's very disappointing for a lot of fans out there. You know, this team started four zero. It wasn't. Uh, an outstanding 4-0 start. They had, you know, those three, you know, really tough games uh, to start out. And people are like, yeah, but they're still wins. Well, now they have two losses and they, they haven't looked good. And south of the border, Colorado State seems to have figured things out a little bit and is looking better. And that's even more frustrating for Wyoming fans, I know. So uh, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? My gut would say it's going to be Levi Williams. I mean, the Arizona Bowl, he had three touchdown passes. He looked terrific. I know that was two seasons ago, but that shows that the talent is there. He, he's passed the ball before, and I'm not saying Georgia State's defense is, you know, the caliber of a, of a rocky long defense, although New Mexico is really struggling this year. But I, I just think you've got to try something else. And Sean is the kind of leader and is a team captain and has the character where he's not going to pout. Let's see what Levi can do. And if Levi doesn't get it done, you can always go back to Sean and he's not going to, he'll be ready, you know, to try and prove himself again if, if he gets the ball again. So I would try Levi Williams, see if that sparks things. But even if it's not working and for some reason you're in trouble against New Mexico, you could throw Chambers back in there. That's how I would do it. Uh, not knowing any of the other quarterbacks at all. And, and Bull, I asked Bull, and he said no one else is a candidate 
to start this week besides Levi and Sean, but what, who do you think will be playing against New Mexico? I have to agree with that. And I think when you look at this team and the number of starters that they had coming back on both sides of the ball, and, you know, one of the things we heard all offseason was, you know, the leadership on this team and the togetherness of this team and, you know, how great the locker room atmosphere was. And and Garrett Crawl, you know, even after the game talks about, you know, it, it's not a defense versus offense type of thing right now the the defense still believes in Sean Chambers, Levi Williams, whoever is, you know, going to be taking snaps at quarterback, the defense is going to support them. And I just think that um, Levi needs to get this start. And like you said, if, if it doesn't work out, then you go to Sean. And whereas if you start Sean again and things don't work out, it's tougher, I think, because you know, Levi would be able to come in, you would hope, and, and turn things around. But that makes it tougher on Sean Chambers moving forward, I think. I will say this. I, I, I spoke with Sean Chambers last Monday, you know, one-on-one <coughs> for, you know, a big story we did on Sean, the uh-huh. Valley guy playing Fresno State, <laughs> you know, similar. I think that – I don't think that jinxed him, but, you know, it was a, it was a – a lot of people had a night, you know, great things to say about Sean from the Valley and obviously Wyoming's perspective. And then this uh, Monday, uh, this week, I, I had a chance to talk to Levi one-on-one. They're both <laughs> terrific, you know, competitors and they have a bright outlook and they believe and, and all that stuff and, and they have a great relationship. So uh, it's interesting, but you can't just keep, you know, hitting your head on a, a cement wall. They, they need to figure out a way to get these guys involved. And I think we talked about it last week, you know, at least Robert Gagliardi and I did that get Sean some easy throws, get him some confidence, maybe set up the run with the pass. And the two times they went to, you know, either a fullback slash tight end to Parker Christensen or, or Trayton Welch, those were big plays, but it's just yeah. not consistent. And I didn't see, you know, a great effort to get, uh, Xavion Valde the ball, you know, through the air with little dump off passes or screens or easy plays. Um, you know, I think the offensive line is giving Sean enough time. I just don't think he's um, quite pulling the trigger with confidence um, on those pocket plays. I think he's a little antsy, um, you know, losing that fumble on the second snap was just a killer. I think to his confidence and the offense's confidence after the defense gets a three and out to start the game and really set the tone for what they're going to do. Let's, let's shift to that because I think lost in all this quarterback talk and the frustration the fans have over the offense is that the defense was spectacular. You know, they've had some great pick six games, obviously they smothered ball state, but um, I think this was their most impressive performance because I think Jake Hayner is an awesome quarterback and they made him look below average to say the least he had 96 yards passing i think he was averaging 372 uh he did have a couple touchdowns but those were as a result of wyoming's offense turning the ball over so uh i think that's encouraging if you're wyoming because that's one of maybe the best offense you're going to see in the mountain west certainly one of them and if not maybe it was air force the week before so maybe the defense can carry the carry the load here for a while and uh, 
You know, New Mexico is basically last in the country in points and offense. They had 75 yards of offense against Colorado State. So you may not need a quarterback this week. It may be 17 nothing, and the defense scores a couple touchdowns. Maybe. Like you said, outside of the Northern Illinois game, you know, late in that game, the defenses looked great. You know, the 17 points that the Fresno State scored were all a result of a short field because of Wyoming turnovers. And other than that, you know, the defense shut them down. And against Air Force, you take away, you know, their struggles in the passing game, you know, surprising passing game that Air Force hit them with in the second half and the, you know, the first two long drives when they converted some fourth downs, the defense has, has really stepped up. And, you know, they would probably would probably like to get some help from the offense. But like you said, against New Mexico, they may not need a lot of help from the offense, but it, it would be nice to see. Yeah, I, I asked Garrett Crawl, who's obviously terrific at answering questions, and he's an emotional guy, like after the game, you know, basically you guys executed your game plan flawlessly and yet you lose 17-0. Is there any, you know, angst in the locker room about, hey, come on, offense or anything like that, which happens to football teams? Sure. He said absolutely not. Um, this is the closest team he's ever been on. It's his sixth Wyoming team, so you, that's saying something. Maybe he's had some ups. He has a sample size. Had some ups and downs, but, you know, some great – you know, he's had some great teammates over the years, some NFL guys. So uh, I'm impressed by that. And everyone has echoed that, that, you know, they're not going to be divided on this thing. And and Bowl even pointed out the Northern Illinois game, the defense could not stop Northern Illinois. And the offense just said, hey, we'll just keep scoring. And in the Fresno State game, every turnover, the defense grabbed their helmets and ran out there and, and got the job done the best they could. So I think this defense could almost single-handedly beat New Mexico. I think they will keep Wyoming in the San Jose State game. They will keep them in the Colorado State game and the Boise State game. It's just a matter of the offense needs to make a play or two and do their part and not turn the ball over. And, you know, I, I think getting back in the championship race is an uphill climb, but certainly they could still have a, a really good season. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, not to disparage New Mexico, you know, the Lobos or anything, but I think this is the perfect opponent for Wyoming with the way that they've played the last couple of weeks. They need a game where they can feel good about themselves again and get some confidence as they move forward into the Mountain West season. Um, yeah, it's almost it's, like... It's, it's almost like Tom Berman got to pick the homecoming opponent, but I know that's exactly. not how it works, but it's like the ultimate homecoming opponent. This is, this is what you want for a homecoming opponent. I mean, especially for a team that's struggling, you want a team that you can beat and you should beat. We'll see if Wyoming, you know, takes advantage of it. All right. Well, we'll get more into uh, the matchup later in the week, but uh, before I get you out of here, Jack, let's, let's talk some hoops. Uh, the Wyoming women's huh. basketball team, last we saw them, was uh, probably streaming on your computer because no one could go to Las Vegas, but they won the Mountain West Tournament last year, played UCLA 
in the NCAA tournament. I happen to know that UCLA is loaded or was loaded. They are always loaded. Yeah. Uh, and that player that, uh, that really hurt Wyoming in the NCAA tournament, I believe, was the WNBA Rookie of the Year. So that was a tough draw, but what a run they had. They returned 10 players from that team, and yet I was stunned, A, that, <laughs> a, that Quinn Weideman was not a first-team preseason All-Mountain West player. I mean, all she did was an all, All-Mountain West defensive player and the MVP of the Mountain West tournament, which for, this, awesome. league, which for this league is where – Everything counts, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, and then they're picked fifth in the Mountain West preseason coaches poll slash media poll. I think, uh, I don't know how many media are in that. I'm not. But anyway, they're picked fifth. Six other, six other teams had first place votes. Yeah, so, San Jose uh, State got a first place vote. Yeah, and they're they like seventh what, or eighth. Ninth? Seventh yeah. or eighth? Yeah. So, Hard to figure. I don't think they're spending a lot of time worrying about that, but is that at all accurate or were they snubbed? How do you see this season unfolding? You know, they must have just looked at last, you know, the, the regular season from last year. Yeah. And, but you, I don't know. You look at last regular season and it was so weird because of, you know, the whole COVID situation. Um, games were changed. You know, you didn't have a lot of fans, all that kind of stuff. And yet Wyoming was able to put it together when it mattered most. They knew going into the Mountain West tournament, they had to win it if they wanted their season to continue. And they put together a four-night run that, you know, no other Cowgirls team had ever done. And to bring, like you said, 10 players back from that team, including four starters. And, you know, to, to be picked fifth is. And their leading score came off the bench last night or last year, correct? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a head scratcher, but I don't think Gerald Mattinson and the, and the cowgirls are, you know, too concerned about that. I don't think it's really bulletin board material or anything like that. They're just going to go, go out and, you know, do what they can and, you know, prove people wrong, I think. Yeah. And I went to one of their practices last week and, you know, I'm not going to give away exactly what they're working on because, you know, I want them to let me into other practices, but it was not the basic cowgirl offense or defense. They were working on extra things, you know, things that you might surprise teams because they have a veteran team. So they know, their offense and defense. They can expand on that and, and throw some different types of things. So it's a veteran team uh, that's been to the NCAA tournament. You, you can't say that too often. At How Wyoming. many other teams can say that? Right. Ligurski <laughs> had the WNIT championship team, I believe, and then the next year had most of them back, and they, they actually got an at-large the NCAA the next year, correct? Or was it yeah. vice versa? But anyway, yeah. So it's been it's been a minute since they've had a team come back um, that's accomplished something like that, and then have everybody back. So I think with uh, what did they allow? Like seven hundred fans last year, or something like that. Something um, like that. It was pretty small. I think they're going to have good crowds this year. I'm looking forward to covering as much of them as I can. Um, when I was in Eugene at the Register Guard, I covered. 
uh, the Oregon women's program from the point where they had about 50 fans a game to the end where they had Sabrina Ionescu and Ruthie Hebert and all these players and were literally selling out Matthew Knight Arena and literally had more season ticket holders than Dane Altman's men's team, which was a top 15 team. So I'm not saying Wyoming's going to go on a trajectory like that as far as growth of the program, but they've had hardcore fans for 20 years now, or maybe even more, but since Ligurski got it going there. And and I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty passionate year for those fans because they, like I said, they didn't go to get a witness that run in person and they'll be hoping for, for more from to see something like that in person. Uh, The men this week um, will have their mountain West virtual media day and their preseason poll will come out. I would expect them to be, you know, in like the six, seven range, not because they don't have a chance or anything like that, but, you know, uh, just research, researching it. I think San Diego state, Nevada, and I know people don't want to hear this Colorado state are all, potential NCAA tournament teams and, and the Rams really should win the Mountain West this year. This is, should be their year. They are absolutely loaded and they've added uh, a division two all American who's just a scoring machine. So uh, those three will be at the top. And then there's kind of that middle where, you know, I think Boise state and Fresno state and Wyoming, and some of these teams are very similar and it's just a, a matter of that pecking order, usually Wyoming, and doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from media polls or coach polls as we've no, it's seen. like they go alphabetical. Right. From the women. So, so they'll be middle of the pack to, to, you know, lower tier, but, you know, I went to the scrimmage the other day before the football game. And I can tell you this, Graham EK is a potential all mountain West player. He, you know, I know they have some other guys that did some great things last year, but Graham EK is just different. And he showed it last year. I mean, he wasn't expected to play at all last year. And then, you know, he got cleared to play toward the end of the season. And in the Mountain West tournament, he was outstanding. Yeah. I think he took a lot of people by surprise, a lot of fans by surprise. I know Linder had talked about how good he could be when he was healthy. And fans finally got to see a glimpse of that last year. So hopefully he can stay healthy. The team can stay healthy. and. You know, we we get to see this Cowboy team in year two under Jeff Linder. And, you know, I think there's some excitement there. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, Ducell is also a really good player. And, you know, he has really good chemist- chemistry with EK. Uh, you know, Maldonado sat out the scrimmage, as did a couple other key players. Hopefully those are not serious injuries. They didn't look to be serious, but... Uh, you know, Maldonado obviously has uh, been around forever. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, Linder said this year, kind of a point forward situation because he makes good decisions. So, you know, with EK's presence in the middle and some of the shooters they have, uh, you know, this could be a dangerous team. I, I think they're going to be a- the key this year, I think, is to establish the home court now that, you know, it's more back to normal. A lot of fans are going to be able to see the refurbished double uh, A for the first time, even though that project was completed a while ago. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, they play a hard, pretty good non-conference schedule, three pack, 12 teams. Um, that'll either help the mountain West if they can pull a couple of those off, or it'll at least, 
even in losses, help them get ready for Mount West plays. So uh, hoops is going to be here before we know it uh, as if we didn't have enough going on. So looking forward to, to getting back to the double A this year and checking that out. No, it should be fun. And, <clears throat> you know, you, you talk about EK. It, it's been a while since Wyoming had a low post presence. It, it really has. I mean, um, Hunter Thompson, you know, a kid from Pine Bluffs, he's a big kid, but that's not his forte. It never has been. You know, he, he admits that, Linder admits it, and, you know, Hunter Thompson is, is better on the wing, you know, as a three or a four, but you get a, a low post presence in EK, and that could make a difference with this team. It really could. Yeah, and I think Hunter will be able to play those other positions because of EK, and, yeah. uh, you know, the kid from Ireland who was hurt last year, uh, what's his name? It's just escaping me right now, but he's back and he is a big body. So he could be the backup to EK. You could just keep Hunter out on the, on the wing, um, knocking down threes, spacing the floor. That's a hard matchup. There's no one that's going to come out and block his shot from three. So that's, that's going to be there as well. So anyway, we'll get more into that as as the week goes on, we'll we'll cover the media day and and get ready for basketball and, and this homecoming football game. Um, thanks for tuning in everybody. And, Thanks for joining, Jack, and we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Take care, Ryan.